Hi everyone, how are you doing? This is Noto Sonito and welcome to the Foreign Policy Talks Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk with Gracia Paramita, or we can call her Grace. She's the co-founder of Indonesianese Diplomacy, a non-profit youth organization aiming to promote international exposure for Indonesian youths and proliferate youth empowerment nationally for the next generation of Indonesian leaders. She's been very active in promoting so many global agenda, and particularly on environmental issues. And I'd like to explore more of these issues with her, especially on the state of global agendas in the post-COVID-19 world. Without further ado, let's talk to her. Hi Grace, how are you doing? Hi Noto, I'm great. How's yours? I'm fine, How's the UK? thank you. Um, How's Birmingham treating you <laughs> it's, during it's this pandemic? It's cold and windy. Okay. <laughs> it's cold yeah, and very typical, typical, typical British weather. <laughs> yeah. So Grace, thank you so much for giving your time to talk with me for this Foreign Policy Talks podcast. My pleasure. So, so what are you busy with these days, Grace? I'm in the final stage of my PhD life. So mm-hmm. I've done my thesis and I'm still waiting for my viva. So that's like the thesis defense at the final stage. Um, but I'm also in, a para- in parallel sharing with other friends or young people, especially Indonesian people about COVID-19 pandemic with prominent figures like ministers, uh, Minister for Education, for example, or Minister for State-Owned Enterprise, mm-hmm. and have some webinars. Uh, well, which is it's more like kind of community services or social activities that I've done so far. Mm, awesome. So, Grace, uh, thank you so yep. much once again. Um, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad of having <laughs> you um, today. So uh, I know that you've been very active in promoting global agenda. I'm just curious and want to ask you more questions mm-hmm. about that, especially you know in this time of an unprecedented health crisis, right? So yes. you know, 2020 is a year of uncertainty and full of unprecedented problems. So mm-hmm. in your view, Grace, so what are the most important global issues to watch uh, this year? Is it only COVID-19 pandemic? Uh, well. I would say COVID-19 pandemic became the highest score or the main problem in this year, 2020. It's like the biggest crisis among others. Even Yuval Noah, I read his article about the world after coronavirus. He said that the the pandemic of COVID-19 has become the biggest crisis in our generation. So it's inevitable crisis unprecedented again and we had to deal with drastic changes a lot of transformations especially digital transformation because that's the best alternative so far that we have to do to stay at home work from home anything to do at home but if i may say as the implication of this crisis there are two main points why this COVID-19 pandemic happened and how this connects to the humanity or human network. First is mobility. Second is trust. When we talk to the mobility, this is 
the main reason why pandemic becomes the highest core of the problem because physical mobility has been restricted, travel restriction, human mobility, face-to-face -face connection, it's all suddenly closed or shut down. And we have, we have no bigger choices of what to do Mm -hmm. to build the, the emotion or the psychological connection and of course this might affect the stress or other mental problems and that's why we i said about transformation which means that there is a huge transition from physical mobility to digital mobility or virtual mobility or anything that we just do in visual uh, online visual or something related to online second is about trust and there is another level of trust that i would like to mainstream in this time in previous time we might just hear about people to people trust or people trust between government and civil society or other stakeholders but now we have to face people and technology trust the technology can be a hope but at the same time can be a fear for the people it can bring happiness but also boresome or even mysterious things and it may it might cause the mental health problems so that's why i i think this technological surveillance is not the best solution but it's the best alternative so far that we have to do I, I think the pandemic is also enigmatic. So it's kind mm -hmm. of mysterious in the way we find how to cure, how to treat, how to solve this problem. But in another way, we also have to be confused um, like how this crisis, the, the COVID-19 health crisis affect to economic crisis, democracy, social in, injustice, or especially environmental problems, environmental damage. So my point is, I'm not stating that COVID-19 pandemic is the only problem. It's the main problem this year without ignoring the other implications or challenges that we have faced the past decade, economic crisis, environmental catastrophic damage, climate change, um, human rights, non-transparent or corruption, and other things. So with all those uh, aftermath implications of COVID-19 pandemic that you said mm -hmm. earlier, uh, so do you think the COVID-19 health crisis has made us forget about other pressing global issues? So do you think government has, you know, like, lost its focus on uh, you know solving other global issues mm. and then just focus on COVID-19 what do you think? I still remember when I firstly adapted with lockdown policy when I was in York mm -hmm. that was in um, that was on 23rd of March so it's suddenly off like we had to be at home most of the time just going out for doing grocery or buying medicines that's all and it's crazy it's very weird and re related to your question i think the government has prioritized health issue or problem from march until may that's inevitable unprecedented 
unprecedented. So it's uh, it's urgent. It's urgent policy that every country has to do because they have to do a large scale social experiment mm -hmm. for everyone to give the best solution or best alternative for curing or treating the COVID-19 pandemic. But once you have seen the Black Lives Matter movement in May, and mm. if you are aware about the omnibus law issue as well in our country, Indonesia, I've seen the other hope or another alternative transformation that people bring up. And I would say it's called like citizenship, uh, citizen empowerment. So that means every each person has an ability to adapt with this pandemic, but in another time, they're also aware of how to empower themselves, how, how to be socially caring about other issues, other problems. And because of that pressure, then the government is also waking up like, oh, yeah, economic recovery is still a long way to go for the, the the best solution and environmental damage or other social injustice and other corruption problems and other complications are still in front of us so choosing health economy and social problems it's not like you're throwing the dice and then you pick the best pain that's not the way that government do they have to make prioritize and scale that's why index or scaling the impact of the problem is very important so that's like um, the dynamic interaction so when the people are aware of the other issue and the people pressure the government then the government are also uh, get waken up that pandemic is not the only uh, core problem that we are just looking up. Awesome. Um, Grace, in your observation, how will mm -hmm. the world be different after COVID-19 pandemic? Do you still feel optimistic uh, that we are going to have a better world in the near future? This is very challenging <laughs> question because you know that in this time, we have a fear and hope management. We have to do that. Like mm. sometimes we can be very stressful. Yeah. We don't know what's the future look like, whether we have to do or wear masks every day, wash hands a lot every time, mm -hmm. or other and other things, other stress. But at the same time, when we look at the good news and good sides, good things that other people do that also brings up our hope again so i think this is also another chance for humanity to go to the next level mm -hmm. to to be a better way and a few days ago we just celebrated world mental health day which i think this is becoming more popular nowadays as we are also coping a lot of stress during this pandemic and I think this is also a great initiative that people are more aware to care each other and treating the mental health as a good thing. It's not just a curse or something to be bullied or, you know, something bad, but it's, 
it's kind of a potential asset that everyone has to cope like self-awareness that how everyone can love their their uh, can love themselves and appreciate their body appreciate their mind and soul so again the next life after pandemic there will be two things like fear and hope that that's what i've said again mm -hmm. but if i would like to highlight about trust issue this is also another um another level or another factor that we have to uh, to, to be prioritized as well that trust is inevitable when we look at the crisis and i would like to share an interesting report from edelman barometer it's called edelman trust barometer so it's kind of like online survey that has been done in the last 20 years and this year they did trust index based on ethics and competence there were like three no 34 or thirty-five thousand people around the world that have done this online survey and interestingly there were more young people engaged and took a part of this survey mm. one finding that i liked was about the actors that they didn't trust there were two actors they were media and government uh, so they were like media government ngo and business sectors so media and government became the highest actors that the people didn't trust lately. media number one oh. media and government media and why government. because uh, especially about the media we are now facing the new era of technology disruptive technology social media Maybe you have watched film on Netflix, The Social Dilemma. I think that's very relevant nowadays. So the power of hoax, fake news, disrupted, and everyone can be a media that also affects to the fairness and the complexity of information. Disinformation, disrupted information, and other, you know, other types of information issue can happen because of the media so i'm not blaming social media or conservative media but people themselves can be a source of information can be a media that can be the source of blaming why media can be untrusted lab, uh, sector and the second one is government because lately we've also seen a lot of people movement about black life uh, black people or social injustice in transparent or non-transparent policy making process not just in indonesia but even in the uk in the us and most of the developed countries had lower trust than the developing countries especially india indonesia still have a slightly higher of trust than the uk us and japan regarding mm -hmm. to the economy growth or economic recovery but 83 percent of the people on the survey said that they're very afraid of losing jobs lately mm -hmm. it could be from the ai the technology of artificial intelligence robotic innovate uh, innovations or again this pandemic also yeah. crushed economic the economic yeah. yeah and 56 percent 
say that they are um, they don't have a good trust in social and environmental issues, which is also in line with what World Economic Forum reported in their mm -hmm. global uh, global risk report 2020. So I think this trust and fear and hope management are the core agenda, or I would say the most prioritized things that everyone should look up when we talk about what's next after COVID or after pandemic. When we try, uh, when the people can manage their fear and hope, and when this trust can be reconstructed or can be transformed into a better way, then we can talk about the, the good things in the future or what choices, what good choices that we can do for the next level of life after COVID. Mm -hmm. I'd like to point out the report that you mentioned just now, the World Economic mm -hmm. Forum Global Risk Report. So I found that people have seen like five environmental related issues as the global top five risks in terms of likelihood yeah. over the next 10 years. So how, how could you help us to understand that environmental issues are very important, uh, you know, along with other issues, and how 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 should we reshape our efforts uh, in the post COVID nineteen world? Hmm. I think I agree with the result of World Economic Forum's report, mm -hmm. especially when they said that environmental damage or environmental problem became the top the top crucial crisis among other economic crises, democracy, governance, and other things. Because the past five years, scientifically, it's said that we've got the hottest years so far, and the, the environment, I mean, the devastation, environmental damage becomes more catastrophic, which means it's affected to every sector, economy, health, and actually pandemic could be another effect of zoonotic disease which could happen because of climate change and extreme weather a lot of northern scientists from norway arctic areas developed countries like the uk us they already found that this virus or other type of mutant of viruses or we can have other you know species of viruses happening more and more in the next few years because of extreme weather, climate change, um, unpredict unpredictable level of sea, uh, sea level and the temperature as well and the melting ice. So the nature is kind of like being angry to us. This earth is only one planet for the human can no longer be viable. It's not convenient anymore and if you watch the movie the latest movie from David Attenborough he's the truly environmentalist the legend natural history expert he had a statement a movie about life on earth and he said that nowadays we've just got 35% of wildlife around this world which means We've got a lot of biodiversity loss, a lot of ch uh, children or younger generation cannot see like 
the very unique creatures. Maybe the next five years we can we cannot see Komodo dragon anymore, for example, in Indonesia. Because if we compare to live in 1960s or 1970s, there were still 70% wildlife happening in this world, which means they, a lot of people could see unique creatures, flora, fauna, a lot of animals, plants that they've never expected before. But now we couldn't see that anymore. And again, about plastic problems in the ocean, I think plastic became another priority, not priority, but another top crucial environmental problem lately. Not just in the ocean, I think it's just in this ecological uh, area. Like it, it's kind of like a cycle area. If you go traveling around the forest, in the land, in the ocean, through the water, you can see plastic everywhere. And that's why there is also a big movement campaign stop using plastic from the united nations from world bank world bank also gave funding specifically about plastic uh, plastic management or something with plastic in the ocean there and other global initiatives so again i think environmental problems becoming more genuine lately if i may compare to my life when I was in 2002, that was the first time I started to learn environmental issues and join environmental activities in a local NGO. Mm -hmm. And it's becoming very, very sexy, very popular. Even last year, there was a huge success of climate strike that was initiated by Greta Thunberg, a Swedish young girl who started to do a strike alone in front of the parliament building in Sweden. And then she became a very influential leader and there were more and more strikes of the children and younger generations around the world. And climate emergency became a new term uh, adopted by Oxford Dictionary and other uh, global campaign, global initiative like the United Nations Conference of Parties. So that's like an annual Part, uh, annual conference to gather all communities, people, uh, stakeholders to, to negotiate about climate change politics in a high level. So yeah, I think environment becomes more and more popular and very crucial issue aside of the pandemic of COVID-19. Uh, Grace, as, as someone who's been yeah. very active in promoting youth collaboration for global action and particularly mm -hmm. on environmental issues, why do you think youth should come up and be consistent with their voices, with their actions and initiatives? I'm very curious and I'm always amazed with how young people are connected and engaged because in my perspective, youth has big curiosity they are very eager they're eager to get to know moms and wondering about new things getting more innovation second they're very creative in their ways in their capability it can be through campaign voices or arts writings any cre uh, 
anything that they can you know create any creation third young people is kind of a bridge if i may say so it's a bridge as an actor to bridge the past and the future because they cannot be stated just the present generation but young people a lot of people think that young people or young generation the youth will be the future leader or the future policy makers the future actor which also impacts to become an agent of change and that's why young people has a lot of initiatives a lot of innovations and very triggered to do something better or something even something transformational in their ways in their creativities so that's why i think the the most paramount solution that they can be better or can kind of like a a true leader they need a soul i mean they need a single big idea that can give impact to other people and young people are very transparent they are eager to identify themselves they have a big self awareness they can be natural not affected by disrupted social media but this can be tricky because young people sometimes might be influenced by you know political things or maybe they are not too idealist they're not they they can be naive i would say so if they want to be a true leader they have to control themselves especially when they're dealing with the social media because i've seen the power of social media through young people movement it's very great it's a great source for young people to use social media technology virtual tools but they have to remember that young people as an actor have the control to manage the social media so they cannot be blamed or uh they cannot be you know crazily influenced by the power of algorithm or any other disrupted ways when you see a lot of random stuff or random adverts advertising when you scroll down of your facebook or instagram that's actually scary because once you don't control your social media or once these young people is drowning through the social media they, they cannot decide which one is the right which one is the wrong side and which and how they can you know survive and get up away from that darkness and they cannot be a, a true leader in the future awesome Thank you so much Grace uh, for your Oh time. by the way maybe yeah. I would like to promote that tomorrow there mm-hmm. will be a Y20 summit 2020 mm-hmm. and actually this year it's the first time that Y20 summit becomes more transparent more inclusive mm-hmm. it's open for the public so anyone can join not just young mm-hmm. people if you are very interested to three themes this year which are youth empowerment future feed and global citizenship those are the three agendas that we are going to talk from 15 until 17 october it's going to be online but you have to register first so you, you can just go to their website it's called y20 saudi 
dot org mm-hmm. and just click that link and then and then go to the registration section. Do we have representatives to this Y twenty summit, Grace? Yeah, we this year we've got three Indonesian delegates. They are mm-hmm. Mbak Sarah Rahayu Sarawati and then Billy Mambrasar, the staff special staff to the president of Indonesia, mm-hmm. and also Tommy Aditya. He's the he's the expert in Bank Indonesia or Indonesian Central Bank. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's not just for them to get a chance to speak up and give voice of young people or you know Indonesian or other global issues in this Y20 summit because this time it's open for the public. Go to their website, go to just click or Google Y20 Saudi 2020. You can find how to register and be a part of it. Great. Awesome. And it's tomorrow, right? Yes. It's exactly tomorrow in British time. I think it will be at 12 or 1 p.m. And it will be in three days. They will have uh, youth communicate as a result of the negotiation or the meeting. And Mm -hmm. that communicate will be delivered to the G20 leaders. So Mm -hmm. the G20 leaders or g20 key figures can know how important youth voices from y20 summit so y20 stands for youth 20 so it's a part of g20 but it's specifically led by young people for young people great so as i, as I mentioned in the introduction that uh, grace is the mm-hmm. co-founder of in- indonesian youth diplomacy so how to follow the work of iyd uh, grace We've got social media, mm-hmm. especially in Instagram, because I know young people are very familiar with that. <laughs> so go to the Instagram, I Youth Diplomacy. That's our account. Yes. And you can just follow us and stay tuned with us. Just go to their updates and we'll let you know if there are anything else that we would like to contribute or you can take a part or any collaboration maybe in the future. Great. Thank you so much, Grace. Please uh, yes. stay safe and stay healthy. You too. Take care, Noto. All the best for your study. Hopefully, you can enjoy traveling around the UK soon. Yes, <laughs> I pray that pandemic is going to be ended soon. <laughs> yeah. Great. Thank you and goodbye, Grace. Bye, Noto. Bye.